Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Wednesday, October 27th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Josh Crash Davis. And Wednesday night, Crash, you know what that means. We've got Thursday night football tomorrow, week eight. Your Packers against the Cardinals with an awesome matchup, at least on paper. Yeah. Six and one, traveling to visit seven and zero. Oh. I would think you'd be ultra fired up for this, but you're going to be missing one of your key guys. Yeah, it's going to be tough um, without Devontae, you know, assuming that there isn't some small miracle and, you know, he tests negative and then, you know, gets to fly out there, I guess, on a private jet or something. I don't know how that would work, but that's pretty much how it'd have to work because they've already flown off. So they're already over in Arizona. Yeah, I guess it is a long trip. The, 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 the drive probably wouldn't work. I bet there'd be <laughs> folks all across the region ready right. to get him down there. Um, but yeah, he'd have to jump on a flight, but not looking good here as we record Wednesday night. So, uh, Josh being the number one Packers fan that any of us know, he's going to break the, the Packers side down for us. Uh, and they've been hot here six in a row. Like I said, Arizona seven, zero. but, uh, because of those injuries we've got or absences, we've got Arizona mm-hmm. favored by six and a half, the total of 50 and a half. And crash, we got to keep the hot streak going here on Thursday nights. We've really been hot the last two weeks, uh, and you guys were strong this weekend. Thanks for uh, holding down the fort, you and Omaha Joe. Omaha Joe's got the night off here tonight. He's he's wearing his Peyton Manning journey, jersey somewhere. Yeah. Um, by the way, they were great in the booth on Monday night. I like that uh, Manning yeah. duo. Some great interviews. But let's let's talk about this Green Bay side because we need to figure out you know, how this wide receiver group is going to come together. So let, let's start there, if you don't mind. Um, as, you know, assuming Adams and Lazard are out, like we think they're going to be, it seems it's about 99%. Mm-hmm. What What do you think the wide receiver group is going to look like? I think, you know, the the way they're going to they're gonna approach this game, to me, is going to be similar to the way they've approached the previous games without Devontae Adams which they have found a way to win them all somehow, 6-0 and without him, um, which is a pretty amazing statistic when you look at how good Devontae Adams is and how good you know he um, kind of solidifies the whole offense for them. So, um, But Aaron Rodgers, first of all, is 33-5 and on Thursday Night Football. I wanted to get that out there. Um, and without Adams, he's averaged 311 passing yards and about just under three touchdowns and no interceptions. Um, he has seen uh, quite a bit of an uptick, um, you know, in, in his targeting Aaron Jones in these kind of games. Um, basically, he's averaging about six receptions um, and about – 55 to 60 receiving yards a game uh, along with five receiving touchdowns in the games that Devontae Adams is out. So getting about 14 carries a game for 70 yards. So basically about 125 all-purpose yards per game. So a pretty substantial amount of the usage goes to Aaron Jones when Devontae Adams is out. Um, besides Jones, though, I think he's going to kind of spread out the offense. LaFleur will. Um, so you could be looking at it, you know, three to four targets for Cobb, three to four targets for Equinemius St. Brown, three to four targets for Robert Tunyon. I just think it's going to be really spread out. So it's going to be really hard to predict which receiver we want to target the most. Um, So that's why I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones being the core of all my lineups and just kind of building around that. 
putting in value where I think it fits and then, you know, getting the key players from Arizona that we want to play as well. But Jones and Rodgers are absolute staples for me in every lineup. And then I'm just going to find ways to get different and a little bit, you know, weird in GPPs from there. So very interesting. Yeah. So I like those stats. That is uh, surprising that he has that record and those numbers without Devontae Adams. But I, I want to dig into that a little bit more because one of the stats that I pulled was the target share of Adams and Lazard. This year it's 42%. He's, mm-hmm. he's uh, directed 94 targets those that their way, Aaron Rodgers, of course, out of his 221 pass attempts. So that is a monster chunk. And I would expect Jones to get some more looks. But I think there's opportunity here with, with these pass catchers. And especially on DraftKings, they're all really cheap. Yeah. So I'm a little bit more interested in those guys than I am Rodgers and Jones. Um, I, I would be more likely to play one of those guys. Um, because if you look at Cobb, he's 3,600. Uh, MVS, if he plays, he's 38. Mm-hmm. And if you go up to Tunyon, that's 46. Uh, Equinemian St. Brown, only 600. And he's the guy that you're looking to be that third receiver, right? If MVS is playing, you're looking yeah, at MVS. Cobb, MVS, yeah. and Equinemius. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, MVS plays and he would be the third receiver. Okay. And then you still have Amari Rogers, um, the rookie. And then they yesterday recently activated Malik Taylor. He was on the COVID 19 list, actually. So Lazard went on it and then and then he came off it. Taylor came off it. So um, and, and he hasn't played, he hasn't really played this year yet. So and you know, he had a couple games. He had a game against Tampa last year, I can think of a couple games where he kind of flashed a little bit. So in a really deep, um, you know, GPP play, I, I could consider that kind of a play uh, with Malik Taylor, but probably wouldn't use him in anything else. But you know, very, very large GPP. And it, do you want to share your thoughts on Equinemius over Amari Rogers that you that you uh, shared with me before the podcast? Because if you look at it on paper, St. Brown has three targets on the season, and Rogers has two. Mm-hmm. But you have a clear preference here. Yeah, I do prefer St. Brown. Um, he's a little bit more familiar with the offense. He's been around longer. You know, this is his, I believe, fourth year with the Packers. And uh, he's missed basically two of those years with an injury he missed last year. And, um, you know, Amari Rogers hasn't really been targeted. They've kind of been using him in the jet sweep, you know, kind of a receiver in the backfield uh, with Rogers. But as a rookie, he hasn't gotten the snaps that um, – the other, you know, receivers ahead of him have gotten, obviously. And uh, I just think that they're going to try and rely on the people that, you know, Rodgers is really particular about throwing the guys that he trusts. And um, I think that, you know, Cobb is going to be his main guy if MVS isn't activated. And then, you know, he'll look to St. Brown as either the second or third option, depending on if MVS plays. And then um, with Rodgers, you know, he only has, like you said, the, the two targets, and uh, just really hasn't developed that that chemistry yet with with Aaron. So I would lean towards Equinemius, um, but really preferring Cobb and MVS if he's activated. Okay, excellent. Yeah, and then just looking at the matchups again, the quarterbacks against Arizona, fourth fewest fantasy points on the season. Uh, they haven't had the toughest schedule. I'd say their best the best quarterbacks they've faced have been Cousins and Stafford, but. Um, 
the, the other hesitation I have with Aaron Jones is that they've only given up one rushing touchdown and zero receiving touchdowns to the backs. Second fewest fantasy points overall. Uh, Green Bay does have a 30% run blocking advantage, according to Pro Football Focus, mm-hmm. our, our partners that we absolutely uh, love working with. And then the receivers, they have caught nine touchdowns against Arizona. So it's more of a middle-of-the-pack matchup for the wide receivers. And that's why I, I'm interested in those guys on on uh, DraftKings where they're cheap and you get the PPR. Because I, I agree, if, you, if, the, if Aaron spreads it around a little bit, you could potentially see good value returned on, on those receivers, even if they're not uh, getting multiple touchdowns. Right, right. And then we don't want to forget about Robert Tunyon. You know, he got quite a few targets last week, got a touchdown. So he's definitely, especially if David Bakhtiari, which we don't know if he will be, but if he's activated tomorrow, you can look at, at Robert Tunyon getting even more opportunities because along with Adams being out, um, when when Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins were out, a lot of times they would use Robert Tunyon in the, in the chip, you know, to kind of chip on the edges uh, in the pass blocking game. And so with, with Bakhtiar and Jenkins over there, it would solidify the left side of the line, so they wouldn't need to have him in there blocking as much. So he's going to have more opportunities down the field too, which is why I think um, with Jenkins coming back now, that's why he's gotten more opportunities of late. So Tunyon is definitely on my radar. Yeah, it's nice to see Tunyon uh, trending in the right direction. However, uh, again, on paper, not, not the best situation here. Arizona's given up the fewest fancy points to tight ends, no touchdowns, uh, nobody even over 50 yards. So, you know, it's the old, the pro and con of, of a tough matchup, but, mm-hmm. you know, he may force feed Tunyon a little bit more than other teams would use their tight ends against Arizona just out of necessity. Yeah. So he, he's still playable for me. I'm just not looking for a monster game out of him. Yeah, I would say, just thinking here, if MVS was not activated, you know, he would probably be my third option. So I would say Jones will be the first option, then Cobb, then Tunyon, then St. Brown. Uh, But if MVS is activated, I think he's definitely going to be the clear-cut number two option. Okay, excellent. Well, we'll have that news before kickoff, of course, when we finalize our lineups and give those out to our members. So jump in with us if you'd like those. DFSCoachTalk.com. Why would you want those? Well, they're full lineups that we give out on FanDuel and Yahoo, cash lineups, GPP lineups. Uh, and like I said, we've had great success here the last couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. DFSCoachTalk.com, you sign up uh, tonight or during the day tomorrow. Then we'll send you an email, get you into our Discord, and give out the lineups about 45 minutes before kickoff once we digest all the injury news. And then the uh, core plays on DraftKings, of course, as well, with the uh, cash build and the GPP build. All right, let's go to the Arizona side. Uh, Unbeaten here, Josh. And like I mentioned, not the best matchup, but uh, just smoked Houston last week, Mm -hmm. 31-5. In terms of the injury news here, DeAndre Hopkins is questionable, but... Expected to play, just resting the hamstring. And then we do have J.J. Watt out, but Chandler Jones back in, uh, which is important for that defense, which has been pretty strong, uh, consistently getting a handful of, of sacks. 
So you could consider their defense on DraftKings at, at only 3,000. Really strong numbers across the board in terms of yardage allowed. Um, but let's talk about the offense here. Let, let's talk about the exciting part because Kyler Murray, I really like the spot that he's in. Um, the, you know, on paper, the Green Bay side has given up only the 15th most fantasy points to quarterback. And they're really basically uh, middle of the pack to all the positions. But I think if you dig into the matchups here, I, I don't think Green Bay's opponents have been that strong in terms of quarterbacking. They've had Big Ben, Jimmy G, Goff, and then Winston back in week one. Uh, Joe Burrow, I think, is the best fantasy quarterback they've faced. And then Fields and Heineke. Um, so I think Murray by far the best they've faced and if you look what Heineke did on the ground last week 10 carries for 95 you know if he can if he can get that done uh then Murray can certainly use that to his advantage and then if you if you want to look at uh who Murray might target let's start with DeAndre Hopkins because according to Pro Football Focus Josh he has a 99.8 overall matchup advantage which is almost the perfect score and I mean, we have to put this into context, right? Because your mm -hmm. some of your key secondary guys are still out, Alexander and King. Uh, it's left Eric Stokes as the primary right cornerback, and DeAndre runs 80% of his routes on the left side. So that's really the area that I think Murray's going to attack the most, uh, the best matchup on the field. So I, I love that connection. Now, what do you think about uh, Murray to Hopkins here? Uh, are you thinking you might be able to get there if you have Rodgers and Jones in your lineups, or are you planning to fade part of that equation? Um, I'm definitely going to have Kyler Murray. He's probably the number one play on this slate, in my opinion. Um, and then it's just going to come down to probably Aaron Jones or DeAndre Hopkins. So Okay. Yeah, and then, of course, on uh, DraftKings, if you go with a cheap captain, uh, one of these pass catchers in the three to five K range, then you can afford all the studs. Uh, so that's, that's worth considering for sure. Um, with the other pass catchers, you know, I've talked throughout the season here about the Arizona offense and how it's hard to pair up Murray with one or even two of his pass catchers because he spreads it around so much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're so dangerous with, the three receivers and then whichever tight end they have, plus the running backs uh, stealing touchdowns. But in one game slate, it's a different scenario. Yeah. So you can easily pair him up with multiple pass catchers. AJ Green and Christian Kirk priced very similarly. Uh, Green running more on the right side, almost exclusively. So he'll see your man Douglas. Kirk, 88% in the slot. They have average matchups. Mm -hmm. So Hopkins is my favorite. Of course, he is the most ex expensive, but I think you can add Zach Ertz into the mix here. 6,200 on DraftKings. And the way I would describe tight ends versus Green Bay this year, and, and Josh, uh, you know, let me know what you think, is that it's sort of they've, they've matched the competition. You know, mm -hmm. they've, they've limited the, the teams that don't have a strong tight end. And then guys that are uh, more of the elite category have done well, like Hawkinson, Kittle, and then Ricky Seals Jones was was decent. So I like I like Ertz here as a potential play now that he's 
gotten used to the system a little bit, got the touchdown over 60 yards here. Uh, so I think he's worth considering as well. Yeah, I think I think Ertz is a good play, and this is the main reason why. Um, I actually think Green Bay's done a pretty good job against tight ends in general this year. But with Murray and his scrambling ability, they have to have somebody with some speed that's going to shadow him. And their safeties outside of their corners are probably the fastest guys on their defense. You've got Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos, who both run to a 4-3-40. So they're both pretty quick. Um, so I think they'll probably end up using one of them to spy Murray. And then, um, you know, the other one, of course, will be deep, you know, in coverage. But I really do think that they're going to try and spy with one of their safeties instead of using one of their linebackers, even though Devondre Campbell um, – is like the highest rated linebacker on pro football focus right now, which is pretty amazing to me, but. And so you think what, if they can contain Murray from scrambling and make him throw it, that earth will get more opportunities. Yeah, I do. Okay. I think, right. that, I think that's what they'll do. All right. Well, if we get him in our lineups, then we're going to hold you to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the, with the running backs, you know, of course there's Rondell Moore, of course, um, not my favorite kind of a lower volume play um but with the running backs um you know kind of a challenging situation most weeks on a big slate um and connor is really just like a thorn in the side of uh dfs investments in the arizona passing game because he still gets those rushing touchdowns Mm -hmm. but he hasn't really been involved in the passing game that's been chase edmonds uh so even though i think uh, Arizona is going to play with the lead. Uh, for some reason, I'm kind of leaning Edmonds. Um, if, if you go there, um, you know, Green Bay's been pretty solid against the run. Herbert got almost 100 yards against them. Uh, but other than that, they've been pretty solid. Uh, but you don't have to go with one of those guys. Uh, you know, it is it is an area to fade because it can be challenging to pick out which one's going to get the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to play either one of their, their running backs. Um, I think that the, to me, the best options are Hopkins green and Ertz, And then, you know, those other guys, I'm sure they'll get their receptions and stuff too. But I just think that those are the main guys that I want to target. Um, especially to me, AJ green has the best matchup of, of any of the receivers. Cause I think they might try and double Hopkins. So. Okay. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to follow up with uh, some of the guys who've done well against Green Bay. And I think they match up more to Hopkins here. And and, um, I'm curious why you think, you know, uh, how it might change. Um, Because, you know, McLaurin had so much success against them. Jamar Chase had a big game. Deontay Mm -hmm. Johnson was strong. And we know that Hopkins can run some of those slant routes like, like Johnson but yeah. also go deep like Chase and McLaurin. So, um, you know, did they, I, I don't, you, you watch those games closer than I did. Mm-hmm. Did they not double Chase and McLaurin? Uh, do you think they're going to change the scheme against Hopkins? Yeah, I, th- I think they are going to change the scheme a little bit. And another thing we haven't really mentioned yet is Joe Barry, the Packers defensive coordinator is out um, because of COVID and Jerry Gray is going to be calling, you know, the plays and stuff. So I think that he could do things just a little bit different. He came over from Minnesota 
And I was thinking about how Minnesota a lot of times would help, you know, send help coverage and double and stuff like that. So I think that could be part of their game plan. Um, I'm really not sure, you know, with a, with a different defensive coordinator in there calling plays, it's kind of hard to know exactly how he's going to call it. But I do think they'll try and switch some things up, maybe try and help Stokes a little bit because he did get, you know, he, he didn't get completely abused by Terry McLaurin, but, you know, he definitely got him on that one deep ball for a touchdown. And outside of that, I guess Stokes held up pretty well, but, and then the, the touchdown that the chase got that was like 74 yards or whatever. That was actually on Darnell Savage Savage. He just missed an interception on that play. Um, Stokes wasn't in coverage on that play. So. All right. Well, that's going to be a, a key matchup uh, and a, a key piece of that green Bay strategy. I'm glad you mentioned the DC is out. Uh, so uh, we'll keep strategizing here and finalizing lineups. Yeah, there's um, a lot of unknowns. There really is. There are. There are. So great, great reason to jump in with us at DFS Coach Talk. We'd love to have you. If you pick up a membership, you get access to all of our sports. We've got the World Series lineups going. Uh, Crash, thank you. You helped me cash last night there. Yeah. Uh, basketball course up and running. Golf on. Uh, we got those lineups set for, for tomorrow. Jump in tonight. You can still grab them. Um, any other thoughts here, Josh, before we wrap up? No, I think it's going to be a long 24 hours for me <laughs> or, you know, 22 hours from now. Um, you know, just waiting to see who's going to play, who's not going to play. And then once they start playing, how they strategize and everything else. Because like I said, it's just kind of a toss up how it's going to go. Yeah, well, hopefully MVS at least will be out there. That would help. Um, so Green Bay can have a, a nice trio of receivers that that Rogers trusts and we can have a good battle here, but yeah, uh, we'll be ready for every scenario and put these lineups together. So thank you all for tuning in on behalf of Josh crash Davis. I am Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.